Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. We have the first details on Nintendo's next console. This is VGC, a video game podcast with me, Jordan Midler, Chris String, and Andy Robinson. Chris, you're back. You're now the most tenured guest on this legendary podcast. How are you doing? Oh, oh what a treat. I'm all right. How are you doing? Most the most available guest. <laughs> <laughs> At short notice. <laughs> Literally one of Britain's most available uh, journalists. Yeah, yeah, I'm all right, man. Andy, how are you? um yeah i'm all right yeah i think so yeah Good. i've got a, a minor bone to pick with you um see the next time you're gonna destroy the website and 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 dominate the news for the week you're only not doing it on a monday so i can actually help because i was just sitting there with my phone going ding 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 i like, oh, notifications mate it'll, it'll be something minor it'll be some capcom results or something and then i just see it on my phone and it's like oh by the way the psn update yeah <laughs> headline number one nintendo is targeting 2024 with the next gen console this comes straight from vgc development kits for nintendo's next console are now with key partner studios with launch planned for next year, sources have told VGC. According to multiple people with knowledge of Nintendo's next-gen console plans, the company is likely to release new hardware during the second half of 2024 to ensure that it has ample stock available on day one to avoid the kind of shortages seen by PlayStation 5 and Xbox series. Although specific details on the console are being kept closely guarded, uh, those VGC spoke to indicated that the next-gen console would be able to be used in portable mode similar to Nintendo Switch. Two sources VGC spoke to also suggested that the console could launch with an LCD screen instead of the more premium OLED in order to bring costs down. I now go to the man of the hour, Addy Robinson. Take it from here. What do you know about Switch 2? Um, I mean, obviously, we we covered this in a, a short kind of video slash um, podcast early in the week, Chris, Chris, um, Chris Scullion and I. Um, yeah, I mean, you've, you've pretty much summarised it, mate. I mean, development kits are, are, are with um, key partners. I mean, as, as I said earlier this year, this is something that I feel like is is really going to start, you know, kind of spewing all over the place, um, you know, kind of with, with the big shows coming up, with um, Tokyo Game Show especially, when when I think Nintendo will, will kind of sort of broaden its, uh, its, its um, kind of reach of developers that it's talking to. Um, it kind of it didn't surprise me in the slightest that I put this story up and and then kind of Eurogamer quickly kind of corroborated it. Um, you had um, kind of uh, Bloomberg um, kind of retweeting it as well. Um, you know, kind of suggesting that it's it's kind of on the money in terms of what they've heard. Um, and also, um, there's a fellow I don't know if, if you know the um, influencer Nate Nate the Hate, the Nintendo leaker. I'm familiar. Um, so him and MVG, the um, kind of excellent uh, uh, night dive programmer, uh, they did a, um, a a video about this uh, yesterday at the time of recording, and 
again, they were saying a lot of the same stuff that, that I, I say in this report as well. I mean, I, I, some of the additional stuff that they added um, is also kind of on the money in terms of what I've been hearing as well. Um, so it looks like, you know, unsurprisingly, that it's it's going to be another portable machine. Um, it's, it's you know, the, I guess the surprise is, I mean, Chris uh, Dring here could probably touch on this a little bit. I actually think it's a little bit surprising that probably it's coming out later in the year, right, Chris? Um, I think a lot of people are expecting March because of what they did last time and it seemed to work. But actually, uh, from a business perspective, it's I mean, Switch is like Switch. The results just come out today, right, for um, Switch, and sales are up for the console. Um, they've just sold through 15 million, I think 80 million shipped of, of Tears of the Kingdom. Um, their games are still selling. Their audience is still engaged in the platform. It's still doing really, really well. You want to release your console when things are starting to dip. Now, we won't really know how the year is going to go for Nintendo until we get to Christmas. It's so important for them. And it's important for everybody, but it's doubly important for Nintendo. But if Nintendo have an okay Christmas, then, you know, launching in March, it feels a bit too soon. I, I think I think Christmas, I, it was how I would... I'm not surprised by that news. Nintendo are good at surprising us, so I, I wouldn't have... But I'm not surprised that it would be the second half of the year, actually. I think looking at where that platform, how it's doing, it's not like the Wii U, which was dead by the time Switch had rolled into town. So it doesn't surprise me too much, but I think a lot of people would expect it. I think a lot of core fans are eager for a new console because the technology is a bit old now and, and they're eager for it. But I think from a Nintendo's actual audience, which is families, and, and that's still so hyper-engaged and mm. playing that machine all the time. So there's probably not that. But again, if Christmas is a poor Christmas, they, then it's probably a bit late. But it, it, so it all depends on those last few months of the year for Nintendo. From a business perspective, ultimately, it all comes down to when the games are ready. If they don't have games ready for March, they shouldn't launch it in March. Um, they, it's, 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 that's the real rest, the best time to release your consoles when you have something to release it with. And um, if there's like a Mario or, or, or Pokemon or something planned for the second half of the year, that's when you put it out. So, Chris, do you expect there to be any kind of... Well, I, I presume there will be some trail off support for nintendo switch but do you see it being a case of the next mario the next pokemon being on both platforms because the install base is so huge or do they just go straight to whatever the switch 2 is called um well i guess it depends on the backwards compatibility um question i, I here's a thing. i'm surprised I'm, i don't know handy if you're hearing the same thing but you know in nintendo's report it says the same thing that metroid prime 4 is still scheduled for the current platform i would have thought that they would have they would have moved that onto the next one um, I think the yeah, challenge. I, I heard that's going to be the last big Switch game, but, but right. again, like you know, unless I'm writing this on VGC in a news story, I'm not certain. I'm not near certain. But yeah. there was there was chatter that you know from people I was speaking to who did know about this stuff that it would be the last um, kind of big Switch game. Yeah, and Nintendo. But what Nintendo like to do is they do like to get people to move from one thing to the other. They like you to upgrade. They like you to get you know. And if they if they keep putting games out on the Switch, they're not encouraging you to move on um, to that next machine. But they'll have data on things like the Switch audience is still. I think they've got 116 million active accounts at the minute on Switch, which is a huge number. But how many of those have come in in the last three years? Are people who bought the machine back in 2017 are they still playing it? I suggest with Tears of the Kingdom, maybe they are. But Nintendo will know based on that what they need to do with some of these games um i suspect if they're still working on switch games they might do a cross-generation thing but actually nintendo don't do it that much do they? i mean they did it with tears of the kingdom um and they do it with like the occasional big game at breath the of the wild as well 
Twilight uh, yeah, sorry, I meant Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Uh, Breath of the Wild, Twilight Princess. They've done it. They've done it with a game. Um, in the and they, those felt more like PR exercises to me as well, like where they delayed the game so much that it would kind of be the ultimate blow if they then didn't release it on the last console. Like it didn't feel like a strategic thing to me. It felt more like a like servicing their audience sort of thing. Yeah, they um, made like Metro. Maybe that's what Metro Prime is. They promise people it's going to be on Switch. Yeah, it's they, be on they Switch. tend they tend to do that, right? Um, I guess the big question here and the one that everyone seems to be talking about is obviously backwards compatibility, which in my report I said is unclear purely because there's doesn't, you know, there's a lot of contradicting information from people I spoke to. Right. I mean, at the moment, I mean, a lot of my story is based on the fact that there are dev kits, right? There are certain things that people can pull from development kits. Um, and though development kits, prototype development kits, usually they're missing big features, uh, that will be in the final machine, right? They're not based on on final hardware. They haven't got the final features, et cetera, et cetera. So from what I hear, it's not really clear um, you know, what's going on with that front. I was told since that at least one developer I spoke to who has a kit was told it does not have backwards compatibility. But again, that's not enough for me to run with that because I've had others say that there is. Um, the... The only kind of uh, feeling I could get in terms of a broad um, consensus about what's going on is that it seems that Nintendo can do it. Like, if it doesn't have backwards compatibility, from what I'm hearing, it seems like that would be an objective decision. Like, yeah, we probably, Nintendo's decided not to do this because it wants you to buy, you know, Mario Brothers for the 57th time. I mean, that's that's what, I mean, I, I spoke to you a bit about this, Chris, didn't I? That some of the people I was speaking to were saying that there was some concern around particularly the software attached for PS5, um, uh, obviously backwards compatible machine, um, and that there was some pushback towards Nintendo from these specific publishers about backwards compatibility because because of that, basically, that the concern was, well, it seems that lots of people bought a PS5 and then just carried on playing their library or their upgrades or, or what have you. Yeah, I think it's with that though. I'm not entirely. Um, I you are seeing, I think, um, people buying fewer games generally, but I don't think that's necessarily the result of um, uh, backwards compatibility. I think it's probably more likely that these games are just longer and the live service components to them, and then the subscription services attached to these as well. I think that's probably having a bigger impact upon buying habits than the fact that you can play a game. If you've got a new games console, you want to buy the new games. You want to play the new games. Otherwise, why do you bother? Yeah, but that's that's the thing though. Is that I mean, I can ha- emphasize with that I, that theory somewhat because, you know, I'm, I'm, when I bought my Xbox Series X or, you know, for example, I just sat and played all my old stuff, right? Like yeah, but that's because you had no choice. <laughs> but, but again, the, but, this, <laughs> but this feeds into everything. But that feeds into everything. If the Xbox Series X wasn't backwards compatible um, with, with uh, past Xbox games, would they have launched it with bugger all? Probably not. Um, so this feeds into everything. How many Tosh games have you bought at a console launch because it's a new console and you want some new stuff, right? Loads. Loads and loads. The amount of tripe I bought on PS2 at launch. Smuggler's yeah. no, Run. I <laughs> yes. Smuggler's <laughs> Run. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can, I can, I can go along with that. Yes, we can all emphasise with that. But it's not new. Like, backwards compatibility isn't some new phenomena that's just cropped up, right? It's, no, it's, but, it's, the, it's the been... fa- but the fact that the consoles are very iterative is, right? Yeah. Like... You don't really give a shit if your N64 doesn't play SNES games, but PS5 playing PS4, that's kind of a bigger deal because it's very iterative leap. 
Yeah, I can I can sort of see it. I, I, for me, it's, it's weird. Nintendo's a little bit different to the other consoles because their audience is like... I've got a friend of mine who's... Um, she's got a Switch. She, she doesn't play much on it. They've got Mario Kart. Uh, the daughter loves Animal Crossing. And when I talked about the Switch too, um, she said, what's going to be different? Why would I... What, what's wrong with the Mario Kart I've got? And that's a thing that Nintendo face. That's one of the, one of the reasons they sort of have a novelty with each console is to sort of give people, oh, you've got to get this one. This yeah. one's controlled by yeah. motion control. This one's got 3D. Like they, they like to create a reason for not... Gamers, we're happy with it Every looking Every console fast. needs a gimmick, right? Well, yeah, but I mean, if as me, as a gamer, I'm perfectly happy with it just looking nicer and running faster. Like you know, if but as a they need the they need the gimmick to get the broader audience yeah. in, right? I was going to ask you this: is how much are they? What are they going to be thinking about um, in terms of launch of who they're kind of getting on board here? Because it seems that Nintendo have had a, a whole ton of lessons learned over the past decade in terms of um, who they should be targeting their consoles to initially, right? Yeah, it's. Intri- I don't know. I thought the Switch was like a real. I don't know if they did it on purpose or not. I, I think. I think they'll probably say they did, but it felt like a masterclass in how to launch a machine. In that they put the machine out um, with Zelda, so they didn't do it with like a big. I mean, they did one two switch, but whatever. Um, they didn't put it out with a big casual game. They went with a big hardcore title. Brought in those hardcore fans really strong right at the start. Then they released something every single month, and by the time it got to Christmas, it's just when they were going right. Let's broaden out. Let's get the families in. They had a lineup of games that included Zelda and Mario Kart and Splatoon and Arms and Mario, and they just had this great lineup of games they could really go to town with. And then they kept releasing something every month because they're not. Interestingly, I find it fascinating. Seven years into the Switch, right, or into the seventh year now, and they still get barely any third-party support from from the big publishers, right? They, they, it's you look at the slate on their latest report of what's coming up this year that they consider significant, and it's in it's it's like ten games. Um, but they, Nintendo have been giving out a game every single month and some of it's for hardcore players, some of it's for casual players. They've been doing this really good cadence of stuff. But they have had the benefit of the Wii U. The Wii U was a failure. So they have all these Wii U games they could just dust off, stick another few That's That's in. really interesting. I was thinking about that. I was, uh, and, and this is a bit contentious. Um, but I was thinking how much more challenging it's going to be uh, next gen in terms of hitting that that first party slate that they've done such a great job of is to your point, like, you know, kind of having a game every month for X years that they don't have that. We, you, um, you know, kind of a suite of games to just chuck over because that's not a, that's not a trivial issue, right? Like you've got to make you've got to conceptualize and come up with a whole new Mario Kart and a whole new smash, et cetera, et cetera, rather than kind of doing these 1.5 games, which, you know, a lot of their tentpole, uh, first party releases were mm. some of them were yeah but I think I think one you're right they've hit but that's the reason why they've just invested so much in their studio expansion right they've opened an mm. entire new building and they're trying to and you know they're starting to it was only this generation's the first generation where they had their handheld teams and their console teams sort of merged together and pulling out so they're, they're still working through a bit of that but it is the challenge I think for Nintendo is to have a regular cadence of games um, that keeps people engaged but interestingly after that first year of the switch which was like blockbuster it was only ever one or two big games a year that came out from nintendo they did sort of and i think i think they probably expanded enough to manage that but this is the it is the challenge you know they had a oh we're, we've got a gap in the schedule let's throw out a bayonetta we've got a gap in the schedule let's throw out a pikmin 3 a captain toad a donkey kong tropical freeze they had all of those just sitting in their back pockets they stick out sells a couple of million units 
and they won't have that necessarily. I mean, there's a couple of Wii U games left. I'm sure they'll start. Star Fox God. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Wind Waker HD. The, the, they might, you know, and there, there's um, and there's a, uh, and maybe they'll start moving into Wii games and start doing a few of those because they don't doesn't have to just be Wii U titles. There are certain games, GameCube games, for instance. There's so many of those that just didn't find much of an audience. And they, but, they're going to have to have a strong lineup if they're coming out. You know, sort of Q4 period, right? I think so. Uh, they, they, if they come out September time, maybe they could release something in September, something in October, something in November that they can follow the sort of thing they did with the Switch. But if they're launching November, Christmas, you're going to want more than one game to shift. And I suspect they're going to expect a very strong thing. Have to put a lot of units into the market. They only had like three million switches in the first year, month of the Switch. They were very conservative. And if they're going to launch in November, I triple that. And then, um, and then they'll want to have a game and a couple of games in order to reach. I mean, they, they mentioned it on the, uh, again, this uh, referencing this Nate, Nate, Nate the Hate podcast, who seems to be a very well-connected Nintendo kind of leaker. Um, he mentioned a 3D Mario uh, this week, which and that's now the third or fourth person I've heard that from. I mean, it's not rocket science, is it? I mean, Odyssey came out, what, 18? Was it 18? Well, 17. 17? Right, so there hasn't been a 3D Mario for, what, six seven years they did that the comes Fury, out. didn't they but so yeah. it's, it's really not surprising but I, I keep hearing that in the background um yeah and i was there's... thinking when was the last time they launched a um a console with a mario game are we going back 30 years the gamecube launch didn't the Wii didn't uh, actually, we yeah. didn't we you yeah. came out what new super mario brothers you yeah technically i guess that one technically but no yeah. um <laughs> You know, switch. Don't, don't knock 2D Mario games, Andy. They're huge. 3DS launched with no first party games at all, apart from, I think, maybe Pilot Wings. Pilot Wings and Nintendo and Cats. Was, what did DS come out with? It Was it Metro Prime Hunters? No. That's it. Yeah. 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 Metro Prime Hunters. Yeah. Um, uh, Mario, maybe. Did Mario, Mario 64, 64 3D come out? Yeah, they did that. Mario 64. It wasn't been 3D on that. DS, sorry. DS. The GBA um, yeah, had so a, the GBA had a super um, super long time since they've launched a console with a Mario game. Yeah, Mario's big. It would be you think about how big Mario is right now, right? As it were, hundred and you look at those numbers. It, it's a, it's a big. It would be a big title to launch with. Um, the brand has never been stronger. Um, they need things, to be bold, mate, and just launch it with a new steel diver. That's it. <laughs> that's what they need. Um, I'm sure Miyamoto will somehow force the company to make another Pikmin. And um, still divers, he's as well, mate. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> still diver. Let's not forget, got a sequel. <laughs> of course, it did. <laughs> well, before we move on, I have a question for each of you. What is the minimum memory you think this thing can come with, and what price are we looking at, Chris? Min- minimum memory. Yeah, considering the size of games nowadays, and if they're going to try and like, if, presumably the fidelity will be higher. The Switch is thirty-two gigs. So Nate, Nate, Nate the Hate this week, um, again, giving them more love, mentioned 512, um, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back that as well. That's the suggestion that I was hearing. I mean, you've got to think about it. If they're moving to... Again, I don't have a clue how powerful this thing's going to be, but let's assume it's like PS4 Pro power. How many PS4 games are sub 50 gig? I mean, a lot of them are over 100 gig, yeah. right? It's Which like has come 32 gigs on board. Yeah, okay, you can expand the thing, but this thing can't come with no. anywhere near Proprietary that kind of memory. memory cards, like the PS Vita. This is how we do it. Right? Yeah. Well, yeah. 
I mean, he he mentioned as well that because um, I I say in my report that he's going to have cartridges, and he mentions um, that uh, I think MVG on there mentioned that it's almost definitely a different cartridge format, which again is what I was told. Um, so it'd be interesting Maybe whether the back in backwards compatibility terms whether that all. If it, if, if it hadn't come with cartridges, that would have been, a, you know, um, I, I did a, some analysis recently. I took the um, for the four biggest, because Nintendo don't share their first party game digital data with the charts companies, but other companies do. So um, I looked at Lego Star Wars. I looked at Marion Rabbids. I looked at FIFA. I looked at Just Dance. I took those four games and the average percentage of people who bought that game physically was 80%. So like that's in Europe. So 80% of those game sales were in Europe. This is a console that's like, you compare that to Xbox where the numbers are reversed. You've got to reverse those numbers to get down to Xbox. So Nintendo is still, and this is when we talk about the innovation of the Switch 2, what are they going to do that's different? What are they going to do that's going to make people go, oh, we should, um, uh, we should get this one. I think Nintendo would be well, just I think it would be a good move for them to focus on the digital innovation because that's the one, I love the Switch. I think it's the best console I've ever made. But I think the, the one thing about it that, uh, that I miss is there's, where's the, street pass where's the meverse where was yeah, that digital they, they they kind of um they kind of uh um panicked a little bit too much in the other direction didn't they after the last machines because that is sadly missing the personality the switch machine itself has zero personality N- none like i could sit here quite happily listening to menu music from the 3ds you know like the wii u the wii u made me happy to use it when it wasn't loading but it was a joy to use that thing. Like they had a um, video uh, call software on there and it was just, you know, so Nintendo. So like you'd, you'd um, like a, a, a curtain would kind of reveal the person you're calling like, Oh, like this. and then when you, they'd fade in like, um, like blur, like fade into view, like, duh, 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 duh. like just build this anticipation. And then it like, it did it the opposite when you ended the call. And like, it almost like without hesitation, it um, encouraged you to wave and then slowly fade out, you know, <laughs> just stuff like that. Whereas the switch is like, well, shit, better not do any of that stuff. You know, nobody likes this. I mean, where's the shop music? I'll tell yeah. you where the shop music is. The Switch can barely run its shop in the first place. Imagine you put a song on there. Oh, my God. It's a terrible, it's a terrible digital store, right? There's so much about it that is, like, digitally, this, this is the most back, it's backwards. And I think, I think if Nintendo, rather than sit there and go, right, what new novelty controller can we do? What screen can we do that's funky? I think for them, and I'm not expecting to do that, I think for them it's just invest in the digital bit and sort of get that, get those, get that dig- digital sales being up will benefit indies it'll benefit nintendo it, shops will cry a little bit about it but the but the focusing on that area but also give us something that keeps us sort of sticky with the platform i love interestingly i think the bit the best in the, the best personalities in the nintendo account whenever i go on my nintendo and i've got me playing some game and it's sort of there's a little bit there's my me from the wii era prancing about on the screen it's, it's not really in the it's not really in the switch unit console itself it's it's on the nintendo account and i think syncing that up is where but yeah i mean the fact that street street pass is i mean i imagine street pass wouldn't be hugely practical on a switch it's not quite as um you can't like put it in your pocket and you know i guess there's like battery issues as well mm. um but that's that's sorely missed so yeah. i i agree with you there i think coming back to your question jordan um I, I think it's going to be more expensive than the Switch, definitely. Yeah. Um, that's why the, the, all the talk is about LCD screens. 
because you that's know, that's so depressing. See, going back, yeah, it, it is. But again, you know, um, Steam Deck's got an LCD screen as well, right? It, it does, and it looks be, terrible. <laughs> yeah, that's just going to be how it is. Unfortunately, I, I, I don't know Nintendo why they don't, do, don't give don't, a shit. I don't know why they just do two. You know, they have yeah. a uh, they have a um, probably because a, I imagine they're absolutely pooing the bed about um, stock after the last couple of years. Yeah, but it's all it's things. It's okay now. <laughs> it's over. It's component shortages are over. Um, but yeah, I. It also gives them a built-in revision in a couple of years for so the yeah, and, exactly, yeah, and it allows it them. You- it, it allows them to be focused on what they're selling. It, it simplifies the message around what the product is and stuff. Yeah, I, I, it's just depressing because the Switch OLED is it is a, a lovely little handheld. Story number two. Final Fantasy is finally coming to Xbox. Well, Final Fantasy XIV is. Phil Spencer made a surprise appearance at Final Fantasy XIV FanFest in Las Vegas to announce that the game was coming to current-gen systems after years and years of him saying that he was trying to bring it to the Xbox platform. It will launch in spring 2024. Andy, is this the beginning of the floodgates opening or will Final Fantasy VII Remake and XVI remain in Sony's jail? Um, Well, that's the magic question, isn't it? And I don't really have an answer for you um, other than I think it, it is quite clear that Phil Spencer um, is sort of like irked by the fact that Square Enix keeps keeping games off of Xbox. And despite popular belief, um, not always for like a, a PlayStation marketing deal either. There's lots of cases where they've just not bothered. Um, I mean, it's not it's not unusual for them I mean, they do lots of like exclusive Switch games as well. Um, you know, not so many exclusive Xbox games, but it's um, it's a bit of a black mark, isn't it? On uh, in terms, you don't you want all of these big third party uh, releases to be on your platform. Any of them that are not on there, it's a bit of a bit of a black mark. So this is uh, obviously Final Fantasy fourteen. The MMO is a, a mass- massive game. Um, you know, Phil Spencer's a guy who famously plays a lot of games. Um, so it, he's been talking about this for years. I'm sure they, they first talked about it before the pandemic, like in, in 2019 when, when they had um, the EXO event in London. Um, and it's, you know, still not, I think it's coming now, they announced 2024. So you're talking five years this has taken to get yeah. this game over. Um, you know, PlayStation seemed pretty keen to keep Final Fantasy, the main ones wrapped up. On, on PlayStation, we've still not seen Final Fantasy VII Remake, any word of that coming over, even though that allegedly their marketing deal's done. Um, I'm sure Chris has got more to add to this than, than me, to be honest. I, I didn't... Final Fantasy XIV coming to Xbox is, is meh. Like, it's, not, it's, it's, not, it's not much to that. You know, Final Fantasy... There has been Final Fantasy games on Xbox in the past. It's not, it's not, that, it's not that big a deal in and of itself. We've been waiting for this for a while. What I thought was interesting was Phil Spencer coming to the Final Fantasy event and being on stage. For me, it was more that was the statement in my mind because clearly Phil is very eager to woo Square Enix. So Japan is very important. Um, Asian market is massive. There's a massive video games market and Xbox has almost no presence. It's their big... They've all, they've, when you ever talk to them about acquisitions, the pre-Activision Blizzard anyway, they used to say... Japan. We want a Japan Japanese studio. We want we want something in that market that can give us a presence there, and um, and you know it, this has been a thing for them since the three sixty days, and um, they still don't. They still barely. I think what do they say three percent market share? <laughs> like it's it's it's, it's, it's not it's not you know you walk around the game stores out there. I mean obviously they don't they don't do physical games, so it's a bit unfair. But the fact that they don't, and it's literally they'll have like 
the size of shelf that you'd expect to have for like like a certain brand of Wii case. <laughs> not even Wii cases, like not Wii, sorry, like Switch cases. Switch cases will be like, you know, free aisles. But if you want like Doraman, Doraman dressed as a postman switch cases, that's about the size of the Xbox section in an average Japanese department store. I mean, the advertising's all over the place. They've got Game Pass all, all over there. I mean, I, I can't say I've been digging massively deep into it, but anecdotally, people I speak to out there in the games industry say that they could still push it more yeah. in Japan, that mm-hmm. a lot of what they're saying is kind of like just, you know, word service to an extent. Um, you know, they've done a better job there. They launched in, in parallel. Um, you know, Game Pass, they're hoping is the differentiator because PC gaming is growing big in Japan where it wasn't traditionally, it was traditionally, you know, kind of a mobile and console place. Um, but they've, they've got a whole, they've got a stigma to get over really in terms of that's now an ingrained in the culture, right? That's the console we don't get. That's the American one. That's not for us. And that's true for developers as well. Mm. I mean, they've been talking about getting a Japanese developer for how long? Yeah. That's yeah. probably the same as well, right? Years and years and years and years. Like plat- And the Platinum Games, who I go and visit often, obviously they were publishing a game with them and that didn't work out for whatever reason. And, you know, whenever I go to Platinum, I point out to them, you know, politely, when are you going to release a game on Xbox? Like, you know, you've not released. So after, someone might be able to dig a hole in this, but I'm pretty sure after Scalebound was cancelled... They released Automata, uh, or, or how do you pronounce? I always pronounce that wrong. Automata, Automata, Automata near Automata, which is Square Enix game that came out like a couple of months later. So it pre-existing deal with another publisher. Since then, they've not released any of their major multi-platform games on Xbox. So that's going back years now. That's got to be. I mean, when did Automata come out? That's yeah, twenty seventeen. Yeah, so yeah. six six years. Um, there is a, a there is a stigma that they they need to get over right in that that market. Like if it's not, it's like I mean they could tell us in the UK for example. Imagine they could tell us like um, how big the the Huawei uh, you know Chinese you know platform is in China. Do you not realise it has more users than anything you'll do? But if it's not on front and like on in Tesco's, if it's yeah. out of sight, out of mind. You don't. You're not really feeling that motivation, right, to make something that a large portion of people somewhere else are going to enjoy. Yeah. Well, and it's. it's I mean, obviously, they've, they've done a deal with Kojima, haven't they? They've got. Um, they do have a studio now through um, Tango. Um, so they, they. But it's not enough. And Final Fantasy is not going to change that. I think the interest. I think from a Square Enix perspective, Xbox might be an opportunity for them in the West. Right. It's their. You know, Xbox is strong in the US. It's strong in the UK. Um, they've got a good market there. Um, you know, Final Fantasy 16 numbers in the UK weren't especially strong. Um, they're probably looking, you know, if we were on that platform, we might it might be doing a little bit better. So that might happen, particularly now Activision Blizzard might grow Game Pass subscriber numbers and they might view Game Pass as a great opportunity, particularly for their live service games like uh, like Final Fantasy 14 that would do very well in a platform on, you know, Take Two have mastered it, really. They keep putting GTA 5 every now and again in Game Pass with GTA Online just to boost their numbers, get a load of engagement, and then they come out of it. And it's like they, um, there is, there's, a, there's a lot of things you can do with that with subscription, and Xbox is sort of leading the way there. And then there's cloud. They, and seem, they seem to be figuring it out a little bit with the, the subs, aren't they? Because like, I seem to think that Elder Scrolls Online is not on Game Pass and some of their other stuff. They're, they're kind of, you know, their subscription 
MMOs. I think there's a base level you can get of Elder yeah. Scrolls Online, like a taster that's always on I don't Game think Pass. they've yet kind of like rolled in yeah. like that as an added value. It's surprising to me that games like Genshin Impact and Honkai Star Rail, these like massive, massive free-to-play games just aren't on Xbox and whenever they're asked about it, it's just like, no, not for now. That feels like the next step in getting stuff like that because they're not exclusive to they're de facto exclusive to playstation like there's no deal or anything like that but i suppose it's just a case of is that audience there and this is final fantasy 14 is an, an interesting start but the the as you mentioned andy stuff like skipping the pixel remasters for final fantasy on xbox there's a lot of um, it's just really weird yeah it's because that doesn't seem like it'd be the most expensive thing in the world to bring across the Xbox. But, it, but it's it's not just about money; it's about effort, right? Yeah. You've got you, these these teams. Are, <laughs> That's worse. <laughs> no, we just they, can't be asked. No, no, but this it's, it's true, right? These teams have got a lot of they've got a lot of time. They're, they've not got you know like the, the decision recently. No, to, but to be fair, that is the excuse they always give. Oh, but we've just only got so many resources. Yeah. Well, it's, and, ever, and ever, yeah, but, yeah, no. But if you're sitting, you're it's gonna have to now buy, it, been twenty years since you released the game. Well, we've only got so many. Yeah, resources. and it's about there's, but it's about where you put the effort, right? So if you sit there and go, we could, they could move their resources to make an Xbox game, but if it doesn't deliver them any significant revenue, they're going to put those resources on something else that will. And that's the and that's just the the harsh reality. That's why so many of those Switch games that were Marvel's Midnight Suns and everything, for example, they could have carried on and released that on the Switch. But the reality is the game didn't sell anything on the other consoles, let alone what it was going to do on Nintendo. So they went, you know what, we're going to take this team off that and put them on something else, and which will deliver us the num- numbers. And Xbox is, Xbox is, you know, Xbox Series S and X has gone backwards. Microsoft, despite creating really good machines, I think, and despite the studios they've bought, and there are some good games in there, um, Microsoft ha- is going backwards compared to how it was on the Xbox One. The, the, the PC stuff's growing for them, but they, they are their 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 audience, their people who are buying their console, which isn't their main priority anymore. But people who are buying their console is 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 dropping off. And if you're a pla- if you're a Square Enix going right, where are we going to invest our money? You put it in the thing, the new thing, or the or the thing that's growing. And and so I can see why it's going. Xbox has to work hard. They have to make it easier for them. I do one. I did wonder if Final Fantasy fourteen. My first thought that came into my head. I wonder if Xbox is porting that for them. Was my first. You know, are they doing the work? Are they doing the legwork to try and get these games onto their uh, onto their system? Um, and that's and that's something they might have to do. You know, they did it with um, PUBG, didn't they? Back in the old. Back in the, when they had that, the way they got that on there was doing it for them. Guys making PUBG at the time were a bit smaller than Square Enix, though. Yes, it's true. It's true. But only a little bit. <laughs> See, it was an indie game then, right? We will have more about games that could potentially come to Game Pass after this. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And we are back. Hasbro has apologised for claiming that Activision has lost its Transformers games. Um, This came from, uh, I believe, a a Comic-Con discussion where... uh, the Hasbro team were asked to get these Transformers games that have um, been taken away from digital storefronts to be brought back. 
and uh, they they said, quote, sadly, apparently Activision's not sure what ha- hard drives they're on in their building, which is just hilarious to me, as if these games are just on, like, bundles of hard drives, like, in a box. I know it's slightly more complex than that, but that's all I can picture. It's just under someone's desk. Um, when a company eats a company that, that eats a company, things get lost. Hope is now that with the deal moving forward with Microsoft and Xbox, they'll go through all the archives, every hard drive, and because it's an easy Game Pass ad. Uh, then, a few days later, I, I got an email which said, to clarify, the comments to suggest that Transformers games have been lost were made in error. We apologise to Activision and regret any confusion. Do you think uh, they got an awkward phone call from Activision, Andy, or is this just uh, keeping the peace? Uh, well, my int- uh, the, th- <laughs> the thing that I um, am most interested in this story is how Activision has dealt with it. Um, I mean, obviously Hasbro have, have come out, which again, quite surprising that they've made this sweeping statement, which uh, uh, has been denied. Um, you know, it doesn't mean it's not necessarily true, but I'm surprised that they, they said it in the first place. Um, and then Chris, Chris here made a very good point when um, their enforcer, uh, Miss Miss uh, kind of Merce is it Mercevy? You pronounce her name? Her surname? I don't. Talk, I don't say her name in public. <laughs> you don't say her name. <laughs> oh, just in case. Yeah. Um, Chris made a, a very good point. Um, on, on Twitter, where, where she, she kind of like she did the usual thing on the aggression, which was uh, you know, kind of quote. I think it was PC Gamer and say, well, you know, it, it, you know, the, your headlines are wrong. You know, we have the code, and it's like. But when press reached out to your PR team, you told us there was no comment. So, and then now you're upset that the headlines are wrong. Um, and again, you know, just to explain to the, the children on social media that just because they, they deny it does not mean that that is the truth. I mean, <laughs> I love there was someone on here who just basically just told you to piss off, Chris. <laughs> yeah, it was, I was, I, well, I, I ended up after a while just muting that conversation, but the, the, um, <laughs> The the problem. The so you had, don't you don't have have the right to know everything. Well, I, <laughs> my favorite. My favorite. I got quite a few comments. It's all because you didn't get a response. You still printed the story, and I was. But like, I, get, well, I, get, I, I did I, get a response, and the response was no comment. The the the, the thing is, Hasbro is a major co- company that went. Um, Activision's lost our games. Well, that's quite a that's quite an accusation. It's a so huge I went, claim. Yeah. It's a yeah huge so I went. Claim. So I went to Activision. Went. Is this true? Expecting them to say no. It's bollocks, and then I wouldn't. I wouldn't have run the story. It wasn't. It's not. It's not. I'm like, well, that's how journalism works, right? Yeah. Hey, look, this is not true. Okay, we won't bother giving it any air then. And then, um, but they did. They said no comments. So I was like, okay, well, and to be fair, the story we ran was Transformers game. Uh, tra- Activision's misplaced Transformers games. It says Hasbro, which is true. Which everything about that sentence is is right. That's what Hasbro said. Um, but um, my point was like, well, I wasted my time on that story if it's bollocks. Why didn't you tell me it was bollocks? I mean, that's <laughs> um, the most frustrating thing about this Trumpian, uh, you know, kind of rhetoric that's seeping into some corners of uh, of game corporation worship, right? Which is, you know, this this thing where it's like, you know, well, if they said it, then it must be true. When, uh, of course, it's like, how do you not see that a major company making this claim is a legitimate story that is worth, you know, uh, your attention has a lot of value to our readers. Like, how can you expect someone to ignore that? Because mm. it, it, again, you'd get shit the other direction, wouldn't you? If it turned well, out to be true. Well, how come you didn't report on that? 
when I when I covered the PlayStation 40 million story, there was a couple of fanboys in my Twitter DMs, uh, well, Twitter messages, just saying to me that you're you taking PlayStation. In your Twitter DMs for like you know posting pictures of your garden. <laughs> I, I I sent uh, a, a questioning whether I had questioned Sony strongly enough about that 40 million figure and about how clearly is it, one person said it's clearly a lie. And in that situation, it's actually illegal for them to lie about their sales performance because they're a public company. But it was just like one thing, one moment I'm being told, um, uh, uh, yeah, it's just it's just this sort of I, I I just have to ignore it a little bit. But it is. But, you yeah, know, I I was a bit and if the response had been that we all know um, our, our dearly departed friend who used to work at Activision would just call us up and say, look, I'm pretty sure this is bollocks. There's nothing to this story, but I'll 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 get a statement for you. Right. And we would have known. OK, we've got we've got a we've got a wink here. I mean, that's, that's, that's 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 I mean, I've got, again, a lot of a lot of people working PR have got their hands tied. Right. Yeah. They'd love to be in a position to be able to do that. Um you know, but that's that's proper old school PR. You know, look, I've seen it, but I think it's bollocks. You know, okay, won't report on it. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, I I stay out of these things now. I've had my wars um, with uh, that side of the internet. Um, they're number one fan. Just wait till I give Starfield two stars, and they have to wipe my address from the internet. You know, if um, it actually is two stars now, you're fucked. <laughs> 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 wouldn't know that's that's another one uh, while we're while we're on one so <laughs> starfield is out in what how many weeks it's, it's out in a month it's a month this week it's out in a month yeah has anyone played it igm so I igm played it with uh todd howard sat on their lap probably no offense <laughs> IGN, but it was an ex- uh, world exclusive um so i imagine it was under very controlled conditions so no one's is seriously no one going to play this game before it comes out well, it's. Is it a game I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure it's no. I'm. I'm. You know. I don't want to. You know. Drum up hyperbole. Like, obviously, it's almost certainly going to be fantastic game. But so I'm not really suggesting that there's any alarm bells go off. I just think it's a little bit disappointing that no I one's mean, played it. We will it probably it have it. Fair, it's... Like when Gamescom is happening, we will probably have the game, and it's but not going to be. You, at Gamescom. I mean. you have to. You have to assume at this point, right? Uh, and this is us speaking from experience of 20 years experience of how this works. If the game's out in a month, they're not doing previews now. Because if it's the size of the game, you'd have to hope that we're reviewing it soon. It, 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 it all comes down to what's worth their time, right? Because I, I'll, I'll, I'm obviously, I work on the event side of the games business. And Be- Bethesda, Bethesda kind of like to think outside the box in those terms as yeah. well, right? Well, I'm, so, I'm, so I'm at the moment working on things with PAX and EGX at the minute. And there is a game that's coming out very very close to the egx show and they don't have code for the game they, they they could just give us the game and put it on and we can play it but they don't want fans to see certain things yet they don't want certain things spoiled they want to fast forward that bit of dialogue they don't want to, they, they they certain bits they want to do which is what they do when they do a controlled demo even a preview right they choose a slice of the game which gives you it gives a bit of insight but not too much they like to control that um what they're sharing before the game is released but that requires a team and time and someone to go through it and to, to trim that bit off and that kind of thing. And they've not had to do that for a few years because there hasn't been the ability to have hands-on. Mm, um, yeah, um, and the pandemic's previews. been very damaging on that front, I think. Um, I mean, you're correct. They don't have to do that. anymore. Like Starfield is probably the greatest example of a game they don't have to give to press. You know what the last great example of that was? Cyberpunk. <laughs> That was a game they didn't have to give to press. And uh, it was quite eventful after it came out. Um, and again, I'm not suggesting that anything n- like near the debacle that we saw of that release is going to happen. 
But I guarantee there'll be certain things that are perhaps negatively surprising to consumers that would have emerged from some sort of press access. Because again, at the end of the day, if press are not playing games, that's because it's beneficial to the people selling them games, not to us. Yeah, I guess Game Pass gives people a chance to jump in. I mean, I don't know. I'm optimistic. I think Starfield and Spider-Man 2 in many ways is almost at the start of the generation because I feel like we've had three years of cross-gen games. That's and, absolute returnal sort of erasure that I will not have on this podcast. Returnal- <laughs> oh, no, but Ratchet and Clank, I'm a fan yeah. of that as well. Like, I, I, there, are, there have been some, but I mean, in terms of like big, big major titles that are built for the platforms they're on, I, I kind of look at Starfield and Spider-Man 2 as like the the... the sort of like a, a, a big moment in that and um i'm optimistic i think they're both going to be amazing well um hopefully don't hate we'll, me xbox fans hopefully we'll be playing starfield soon because if this is a case where we get the game the day before it comes out it might actually kill me next story layoffs reported that Cluster protocol studio striking distance um in a statement to ign a spokesperson for publisher craft and said striking distance studio and craft and have implemented strategic changes that realign the studio's priorities to a better position um <clears throat> to a better position as current and future projects for success unfortunately these changes have impacted 32 employees um Callisto protocol was an interesting one it seemed to get a lot of hype beforehand it was on keely stages there was um a lot of, like the glenn was out and about hooting and touring that game i feel like it was at every major show and then it seemed to go quite quietly chris what did you think of uh, cluster protocol i believe you, did you review that for vgc i can't i can't i did for you guys yeah, yeah. it was it was it's 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 all right um it isn't as good as dead space it isn't as good it, out of all the horror games i've had it's not the best one um but the thing for that one is craft i think it, actually if you look at the actual number i think the reported numbers were like two million in the first month or something that's quite good that's better than dead space did um but it's um the, the, the amount of money they spent on it you talked about being on Keely's stage, talk about Glenn Schofield being around. Yeah, and, but, but uh, most of their appearances are at Jeff's things, right? So that's probably wiped out their profit straight away. But you do a marketing campaign in December, it's very different to doing a marketing campaign in January. The cost Especially when is- you're releasing like weeks before a high profile remake of the thing that you're selling based on. Yeah, like, yeah, that didn't, I mean, that didn't help them. And they, that they seems the mar- really odd to me. It was, they pitched it. And you know what? It, it, I think, I think if, 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 the, if they'd managed that marketing budget, They'd have, had, have had quite a successful launch. They they were very heavy on it. It's a horror game as well. Like I, I don't get me wrong, horror games can do very well. We've seen Resident Evil numbers, but they're, they're some more of a niche genre. Um, it isn't a game that you have to release in December. I I looked at that and I and I felt that they'd spent too much on it. I didn't think it was a game that was bad. I think the studios studios first title. It's it was it, it was interesting. It was um it was it had its moments, um, and um you know. Uh, it could have built from there. I, I'm sure they still can. It was just, it just, it felt like a game that they spent a lot of money on marketing and promoting and pushing to try and make it something bigger than, than it was ever kind of going to be. Um, mm. the game I bet was- it's frustrating for them as well. It kind of reminds me of the um, the situation we were we were in when we were working on Ukulele Platonic, where it's like, you know, these guys, you know, don't want to service these fans. You know, these Dead Space fans have been crying out for this for years. So we're going to leave and we're going to make a studio and we're going to do it. So we're going to announce it and blah. And then like six months in, it's like, oh, yeah, we're going to do old stuff again. You know, we're going to do Rare Replay. And it's like, like it puts them almost like, uh, you know, they, they've been put up against EA. Themselves. You know, yeah. when it was like, well, 
we've only done this because we thought you weren't servicing this audience. Yeah. Oh, to be clear, though, I mean, I think I don't. I mean, I, I've, I haven't checked the numbers recently, and it's actually really hard because Craft and again another company doesn't share digital data. But I believe the Callisto Protocol comfortably did better than Dead Space Remake. Um, it was it certainly in Europe. Dead Space Remake's fucking great as well. It's great, but it was. I think EA again. EA. I think the difference. I suspect. I I don't know, but I suspect EA is happier than Crafton. Yeah, because EA put it, that it, game that, out that quietly. Game, made on a budget I mean again the objective of that game is probably just to hire people to work on Iron Man right give, give them something to do between two he's games he's literally he's giving, giving them something to do they're learning the technology um, on a similar genre of game and then one, they've hired up during that and then they move straight on like mm-hmm. although that said when I interviewed the creative director the um, French Canadian guy who came from Ubisoft I can't remember his name um, he was sort of suggesting that wasn't necessarily the case. He yeah. was like, he was like, oh well, you know, just so you know, we could work on multiple projects, you know. Yeah, which it could be a displacement. I'll make him look a bit silly if he's now like, hi, I'm on Iron Man. <laughs> but um, but I think I think but with Dead Space, I, but it was made quite, you know, it was made relatively quickly. It was made in the budget. It was built on to think the story that came before. You know, they were able to make a game. I, I you know, a game doesn't have to... The difference in Callisto Protocol and Dead Space is Dead Space didn't have to do very much to be successful and Callisto Protocol did. Um, and, um, and yeah, and the fact that that came out so close to, to each other meant that fans had to choose, right? Um, well, then it may not, ha- may not have had to, but there's only so much of that. Which is a fair game. point, by the way. It's 70 quid. $70. Yeah. It came out the same day, uh, Cluster Protocol, as Marvel's Midnight Suns and Need for Speed. Again, that's what I was going to say. That was going to be my next thing. It came out in that window of like, you know, lesser sized AAA releases that all bombed on their ass during that period. Actually, I met a fellow Midnight Suns fan in real life um, the other day. You found one? I I have a Midnight Suns hoodie that they gave to us when we went to Firaxis that they can't sell because it's a Gorillaz parody. And when I talked, when I spoke to Jake Solomon about five seconds before he left, he was like, "Yeah, we wanted to sell them, but Marvel was like, we'd get sued into oblivion, so let's not." So anyway, I was wearing this hoodie into the <laughs> the small Morrison's that's around the corner from mine, and the guy was like, "You play that Marvel's Midnight Suns?" I was like, "Yeah." Uh, <laughs> found one in, in found one of the ten in the people. wild. <laughs> so, I, I have not played Marvel's Midnight Suns, but I'm a massive fan of Firaxis yeah. um, and XCOM. I, just, I was waiting for the Switch version, <clears throat> but I don't. I don't get like their their. I don't get their noise around that as well because I'm a massive uh, Firaxis fan and I've not played it. Um, and you know, what put me off is that seemingly immediately after that game came out, that all the PR around it was about how awful it had done. Yeah, like oh, we're putting free weekends and we're cutting the price, and you know, oh, we've sacked everyone now, and and oh, we're really, you know, in there. We're making the next sell, guys. We're We're making the next sell. Like, well, you're really hyping me up for this. Like, you should be. It got the critical reception for that game was excellent. Can I? It felt like they should just be shouting about it for ages. As as a games industry guy, I two K games have had a lot of misses lately. Like Lego Two K Drive, I it's done nothing wwe was down quite a bit this year obviously the nba games doing these big numbers marvel's midnight suns tiny tina these they've had a lot of games lately that i mean they're all quite small and they're, 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 i guess the, the good thing about 2k is that they can afford to do that right yeah yeah they've got rockstar in there oh yeah in their and that's, that's the difference between them and ubisoft is that they but, can try some new stuff <clears throat> and it marvel, can be critically acclaimed and just not do so well all right and they you know 
Marvel's Midnight Suns is an example of how not to publish a game. You released it at the wrong time, at the wrong price. You didn't explain the wrong name. Uh, yeah, just everything about that game was should just wrong. be called Marvel XCOM. And I will say this: Strauss Zelnick, who came out and said, you know, the developer did their bit. <laughs> it was there. It was his it was his like very much letting it, making it clear that the reason why this game didn't do very well shouldn't be put at that door. Shouldn't be put at Fur Axis's door. And it's um, and it's a shame. I, I actually would like to go play. I actually did a story at the time about. It's really sad story about a boy who was who was dying um, the year, and he and the developers of that game flew to uh, well got the got created a demo code for that game that didn't exist and got it to his um, got it to him uh, his, his his basically his deathbed where he got to play it and he even his names in the credits they put a little thing in the game and it's a really lovely story about it and I wrote that and I thought I can't wait to play this game I think you know I really want to, and I just haven't um, and for the same reason like the story now is that this game is done. And um, and everyone's moved on. Um, it's going to be it's yeah, going to be a sucks. game in coming years where people are like, "Oh, remember that? That was brilliant." I wonder oh, oh, why did that? Why did no one play this game? There's going to be thought pieces about it in five years' time about the forgotten. It's going to be the next the next blur. Yeah, split second. Oh, just wait until the, the license expires well, and you can't fun. buy it anymore. Um, yeah, it's it's a shame. Mm-hmm. Marvel's Midnight Suns fans uh, unite. There are literally dozens of us. Um, next story. Elder Scrolls 4 Oblivion is getting a remake. Uh, this is according to a Reddit user who is reportedly a former employee of Virtuous. Um, according to this employee, which again, this is verified by people on Reddit, so take that as you will. The studio is apparently working on Project Alter, which they say is either a remake or remaster of Oblivion, um, which will be on Unreal Engine 5. Now, whether or not this is true, this brings uh, an interesting question uh, to mind. Does Microsoft, specifically with Fallout and Elder Scrolls, just start saying, we've got to get these games out, we can't wait for BGS to make the next Fallout after Elder Scrolls. Chris, how are they going to handle the big, like, the, the the big BGS titles now that it's taking 10 years to make one of them? Well, it's a huge opportunity for them, and I think that this is, this is and you, we talked about this, kind of was over the phone or on a podcast about Xbox, they do do remasters and remakes, but not as often as they could do um and i i and yeah there is this huge back catalog of um bethesda games in particular they could very easily you know you look at the stuff that id software has done with the quake remasters and they've done with night dive and things like that and how that's found strong audience and strong engagement you know you want to put some cool elder scroll stuff in game pass that you you know you're trying to you bought a you bought a you bought a games company that you can go, hey, you want the next Elder Scrolls? You're gonna have to buy an Xbox. Which Xbox? The next one, the one after that. You know, where's it? Where? Because at the moment they're all on all on PlayStation. So yeah, I, it's, it's, it, but remasters, remakes. Oblivion's a great one, right? Yeah. It's actually, while I was thinking about what's left to remake, of course, that's a, that's I mean, a good I think one I think it actually makes a lot of sense because the next Elder Scrolls is not coming out for a very long time, right? Yeah, I mean, they've said it's in pre-production or something. I mean, what Skyrim came out more than you know, ten years ago. More than that now, yeah. So you, you assume if they're going to they remake this, they put it out in like twenty four, twenty five. Then Elder Scrolls Six is what like a twenty second game or something like, like that. that. Is I mean I know that's obviously a long time, but even five years is a long time these days. There's going to be by the time that game comes out, if they're not pumping out remasters and stuff, there's going to be a generation of adult players who are like, "What's this?" I, I genuinely wouldn't be surprised if Bethesda don't release another original. Bethesda Game Studios don't release another original game this generation. 
That, yeah. you know, I think Naughty Dog only did two last generation. Rockstar only did one. Well, see, it's, it's interesting not- that they, they, um, they said there's going to be nothing at QuakeCon this year, which I think is, I think is unusual. Like they said, it's, there's no like Bethesda stuff here this year. Just come and play Quake. Yeah. Which, yes. which, if, if the, if I the, mean, the, I, went, I think Bethesda's a publisher will release more. Oh, yeah. Clear, like Indiana Jones and things. But just, I just meant Todd Howard's team. Yeah. So who did they get Fallout? Because that's like, if they're doing a TV show, they can't just have Fallout sitting there doing nothing for the next 15 years. Did they I mean, say didn't to Jeff, Obsidian? Did Jeff Grubb report that they're doing um, uh, New, New Vegas, Vegas 2? 2. That it's seems very much like it's a, it's a name on a whiteboard. Like it didn't. I mean, they're doing the Outer Worlds too at the minute. I mean, like, how big is Obsidian? Right? Like, I mean, yeah, they, they, all of these like RPG devs who all have got you know deep links to each other are now all under the Xbox family. Just give them four, like it makes an, it's an absolute no brainer. There's no way Professor should be working on Fallout now. Like, give it to Obsidian. Give it to Inexile. Yeah. Um. Let those guys do it. And it's the, it's the easiest like big conference announcement ever for them to just like get a better credit. It's like remember this Fallout game that everyone says is better than the ones that BGS made. Well, we have Obsidian and we're going to do it again. So hopefully uh, that is the case. This is a weird story. Star Wars Jedi Survivor, famous game that can barely run on PlayStation Five and Xbox Series, is coming to PS Four and Xbox One. Andy, what's going on? What's happening? Well, I mean that's more of a question for Captain Business, I think. Captain um, Business, we call upon you. What, what, how, why are they doing this? They can't make the game run on the good consoles. Well, that's a that's a. I'm a um, in terms of that 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 part, I understand why they're doing it because it sold still, really well, right? They said it's outpacing the first one yeah, with like got, a smaller user base. They've got a big audience. EA knows that there's an audience that's still playing on PlayStation Four. Here's a fun little statistic I've not revealed yet on GI: um, PS4 sales in the UK are up three hundred and thirty percent this year. Right? Really? So people are still buying what, year on year on year. Yeah, on, on last year. I've not seen a I PS4 mean, in a I shop in about five years. Like they're, they're not in. <laughs> why why, why, why has that happened? I, I suspect if I'm gonna the pure guess, I've not looked into this. I'm guessing that last year there were no PS4s put on the shelves because PlayStation mm. were prioritising PS5s, and now this year they've actually released some on shelves, and as a result, the numbers are high. Like I don't think it's any indication of PS4 being more popular than it was last year. But but it's too late, mate. Written the headline. But the uh, but it, but it's a fun little. I just thought, oh, that's interesting. Like there's, the people are still buying the machine. Um, there is still an audience out there. You know, was it we're on what PlayStation Xbox said they've done 40 million. I think Xbox think they've done what 21, 22. So we're on less than. 65 million install base now on this sort of generation there's what around 200 million on the previous generation so we've still got the vast majority of the console audience is still a ps4 and um uh, xbox one audience and hey maybe they're planning a switch to release if you if what you're hearing is true and it's a uh, it's going to be ps4 level but um uh yeah in terms of technically how they're going to do it i don't know um but i it makes it does be it's interesting that they i do actually find it a bit interesting that they are continuing to make games for ps4 maybe that's why this generation has felt maybe i'm just old but this generation doesn't feel like it's got started um it's because we haven't properly moved on from the last one but i cannot um, wait to see how that game handles all the big open areas like so there's an interesting thing where obviously the release of hogwarts legacy was kind of staggered across the different um, consoles and then either the the, the i think it might be in the, the last generation version they had to alter hogwarts itself to put big canopies over certain open areas so it wouldn't have to load the distances that you could see um and the ps5 and xbox series version but jedi survivors full of that and while i had a pretty like stable experience with it it is one of the most unstable big budget games that has released recently so 
I guess they're like, it doesn't really matter because no one's going to be looking up reviews of the PS4 and Xbox version. People are just going to see it on shelves and go, oh, there's that new Star Wars game. But again, coming coming back, you know, the, you know the the increasing removal of the press from the cycle. Yeah, this is the shit that happens, right? Because again, it's like, well, the game's broken, sold loads, we don't care. Fuck it. But, we'll you know, they got live. The Witcher working, The Witcher Three working on the Switch. Fine. They got Doom working on the Switch. Fine. I'm, they are developers out there, very good at uh, um, optimizing and optimizing. I'm, sh- and optimizing. I'm sure it'll run fine. I'm sure it'll run. I mean, it will look like shit. They're going to compromise the hell out of it. Like I'm thinking, one particular sequence on Jeddah where, where you're diving all over the place for about. Yeah, three like minutes. the best part they're of the game. Have to just re- <laughs> they're just yeah. going to have to replace it with a, a storyboard. Um, <laughs> but they're going to get know, uh, be, Cameron Monaghan. It'll certainly be a video game. Yeah, they'll get Cameron Monaghan to come onto the bottom of the, st- the the screen and just explain what happens in this scene. Uh, cut for time. Um, just finally, while Comcast is losing billions of dollars on Peacock, um, the Mario stuff that they're doing seems to be doing incredibly. Well, the film uh, gross has grossed one point three billion worldwide, and Comcast is crediting the success of Super Nintendo World for record quarters in both Universal Studios Japan and Hollywood. Uh, the third park is planned for Florida. Do you think that Universal just doubles down on this? Obviously, we've got the Donkey Kong Land coming. How long before they go? Let's do a Pokemon Land. I know there's already a Pokemon um, like uh, float at this Japanese one, like part of the parade or something yeah, like that? Yeah, there's, there's lots of Pokemon stuff at the, the Japanese park. Um, how, I mean, obviously Donkey, until Kong, just Donkey Kong's it? the next one, isn't it? Yeah. Donkey Kong's the next one. So there's got to be a game. I don't know much about theme parks, so I don't want to... Like, Andy, you've been, you've been to Super Nintendo World, like, so how many times? 104 times? Three times there. in the last six months. If you include visiting it before it opens, four times. <laughs> Because we went to the shop um, after the Game Awards in Hollywood. And then, well, I went to the Japanese one in April. Then after Game Awards, um, after Summer Game Fest, I went to the American one with you in June. And then I went to Nintendo World Japan again uh, last month. So, yes, I'm quite done with it, to be honest. <laughs> I mean... You're back for Donkey Kong. We've said this a million times. The, American, the, the Hollywood one is crap. Like, the Hollywood one is just... It's like yeah, a, the Hollywood a, one's not very good. It's like a car I've park. never been to the other one. I thought it was good. So I, I don't know if it's just when I went, there was a, a hundred thousand people there. You could barely see any of yeah, the Nintendo it's stuff. It's a 45 minute queue to like put your wristband on a Goomba. Yeah. You know, yeah. like it's, there's too many people in there. Yeah. It's too small. We gave up, didn't we? We did the Mario Kart ride. We went to the Toadstool Calf. We sort of looked at stuff and then we went somewhere else and you know what it's uh, just overall it's not as good as i mean i really am quite envious of people who were able to go during the pandemic like people who lived in japan because obviously japan didn't open until uh just shy of a year ago um because if you go there i mean i've been there twice obviously recently and it's just like it feels like it's just been like hoarded like all of mm. the cool stuff that they had like oh i'm gonna spend so much money here it's just all gone yeah. Like someone made a point. I didn't even know this until it was pointed out to me. Because you remember when Nintendo announced Super Nintendo World, they announced they, um, it's the, the f- first, like it was like an original Nintendo made toy, the Toko Toko Mario, where he walks, you push him. I've got one behind me somewhere. Someone sent me. Um, he walks, basically. You push this little Mario toy and he walks along. Um, and it's, it's the only thing at Universal that was made by Nintendo. Like, it wasn't licensed out. It's a Nintendo toy. They discontinued it. 
So you can't get them now. So it's like even if so unless you got someone sent you one during the pandemic, like I did, you can't get one. They stopped making it. Don't know why. It's it's a weird situation. I think the when when I was at the Hollywood one, it was there was just kids in Mario shirts like throughout all the sections of the park, like in the Harry Potter bit. Oh, but the, the one thing park. I noticed about the US one was that cool, if Nintendo sent their lawyers to that park just with a clipboard, <laughs> they could clean up. <laughs> the ratio to uh, third-party Amazon seller Mario knockoff shirts to official ones must have been ten oh, to one. Not just Amazon, mate. There was people selling stuff outside the 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 park. Like that'll probably you, be it. Like you yeah. know, you're go- when you go to gigs, when you're like just outside the gig, it'll be like two for yeah. a ten. Here's your here's your very authentic Paramore T-shirt. It was all that kind of stuff. Um, which I don't know about charming, but yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, maybe if Comcast have any money left after the the, the Peacock disaster, they're, they're losing. I think they said they're projected next year to lose three point one billion on Peacock, which is just wonderful, wonderful streaming service. But uh, have you watched that Mario movie again since? I, I find myself thinking, do I ever want to watch it again? Because I enjoyed it the first the Mario time, movie. But, yeah, I have watched the Mario movie, and I'm not lying over fifty times. I have <laughs> <laughs> uh, got a three year old who loves it yeah i was gonna say he walks around going peaches 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 <laughs> almost daily and but here's the thing i've actually grown from thinking yeah it's a bit shit but i i enjoyed it because i'm a nintendo fan to I genuinely thinking it's actually pretty good mm. <laughs> i've gone from on this journey <laughs> on it where because uh, because there are little there's little little references and stuff and i actually you know there's a, there's a bit in it honestly it's the most delightful bit where uh where the end of the movie where peach is i'm not going to well, who cares um uh, peach is um uh says i'll never marry you and it turns to a cooper sitting in the front row going drama my son every now and again goes drama and i just i just think it's great <laughs> the most just, illumination like, moment yeah but it is a oh very illumination God. moment but it's um whatever it's, i got i got the soundtrack on vinyl now because that because uh, i think the soundtrack's great and the, you're part um, of the problem chris it's great this Love is why it. we can't have nice things mm. Um, I'm 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 ten percent of that 170 million, uh, 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 whatever million people who've watched it. Mm. I'm, I'm, it's. Um, I want them to like make it. another Detective Pikachu movie because me and my partner watched that That's first it. one again recently, and it's it's really good. I had it had no right to be that yeah, good. Yeah, it's really good. I'm I'm actually amazed they didn't make another one. Yeah, did it really got, well. It got stuck. Well, they they recently come out. There's, say, there's chatter. There's some chatter, chatter recently, isn't yeah. there? That it might be happening. Because yeah. it was, they, 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 they commissioned, they greenlit it straight away, and then it got stuck in some form of product, and then uh, some form Justice, of pandemic. Justice Smith, is it? Uh, is it Justice Smith? Justice Smith. It came out it, yeah. right before the pandemic, didn't it? Yeah, and he said he said that he doesn't think it's happening now, but then there was some chatter recently about it um, coming back to life because it actually did very well, you know, and it was, um, and it's, and it's, you know, it's pretty decent. Yeah. Um, the scene where he's drunk, he's sort of drunk, and he's singing the Pokemon theme song is still a highlight for me i mean they did Um, all that work making like quote-unquote realistic looking pokemon that all looked pretty good they all kind of worked together in an aesthetic although it is funny watching it back being like okay they clearly made like 30 pokemon that are just in every scene everywhere you look there's a greninja like just so it was a a deadline report earlier this year it says that um a director and a writer in negotiations for the sequel Mm. I also think the Mr. Mime joke is one of the darkest things I've seen in a video game uh, <laughs> yeah. movie. Um, is the um, I, I, I every now and again I sort of watch that scene. I think this is this is sinister, it's um, tremendous, and it was like yeah. the right balance of. Although it is strange that Mewtwo can canonically murders Rita Ora in that film. That's the only part that's just like 
a, a bit out there and Bill Nye talking about the the wonder the wonders of Pokemon working together. Another strange thing: the the baddie in that film is like based on Milo Yiannopoulos, which puts it r- really in a strange place in cultural history. It's like who is going to get these references to this weird right wing grifter in ten years time? But Ryan Reynolds is too busy with his uh, football exploits. You can send us your comments, questions, and concerns to podcast at videogameschronicle.com. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Chris, what have you got coming up this week? Any interesting business things? Um, oh, you put me on the spot. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, it's, uh, I, I'm writing a lot about the Italian games market. Andy and I went to uh, First Playable, um, which is an Italian games event um, last month, and um, I've... I I I had done I spoke to pretty much every Italian game developer that has ever existed and um, um that's my that's my life for the next week and then um and then I'm going to PAX at the end of the month to um uh check out Nintendo Live um in in Seattle which I'm quite excited about that's mm. what I'm doing and did we get anything good this week have we still got bit summit stuff to do is that still coming or yeah yeah still got lots of bit summit stuff to do mm. um and I'm also writing about the Italian games industry <laughs> Um, well, I'm going to be spending the rest of my week uh, being deeply annoyed at all the people going to the Pokemon World Championships in, in, in Yokohama. Right. Although, if you go to the Pokemon World Championships website right now, it just says access denied. So, I don't know what I've done to annoy them. Well, you feel feel better with the knowledge that they're all absolutely melting yeah. in 100% humidity heat. Sweating on my favourite Pokemon, Pokemon event story. Do you remember? Yeah, Andy, do you remember this many, many years ago? Is that the group of Pokemon fight? fans? Yeah, the poo fight scandal. Yeah, it's the uh, go ahead. Regale us. <laughs> there was oh, I, 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 the stories. The story. I don't remember the exact details of the story, but I do remember the headline on MCV, which I worked on at the time, was a uh, Pokemon fans in poo fight scandal, which was the uh, which was a group of Pokemon fans who were just messing around in a hotel and ended up flinging shit at each other <laughs> in the um, in the hotel, and it ended up in the <laughs> ends up in the newspapers. Pokemon uh, fans literally get your shit together. Yeah, it, it is, wasn't. Uh, it wasn't uh, just. It wasn't just fans the winner of the uk pokemon championships um was stripped of his title for failing to maintain the high standards of behavior uh, in a family-friendly event by throwing shit at his friends in the corridors of the hotel yeah pokemon players and hotel poo fight scandal is the headline of the story (laughs) um it was a birmingham hotel uh the pokemon video game championships um yeah what a uh I, I'm speechless. <laughs> that was it's, that was eleven years ago. If that makes you feel halcyon old, halcyon days. Um, Those guys are telling their kids about it now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> their kids are now competing at the World Championships. To, to I was there in the in the great shit <laughs> brawl, the great Birmingham shit fight. Um, on that incredibly high note, um, I went to a Pokemon card tournament at the weekend. There was no shit thrown, but I did get absolutely destroyed, which was pretty unedifying but it was, should have thrown it good, at him mate it was good fun all the same it's weird um being in like a, a place the place is called geek retreat in glasgow and on one side of us there's people playing magic the gathering with an intensity of like 12 angry men it's like completely silent apart from really really intensely looking at each other's cards and it felt like if anyone made a wrong move one of them was just going to swing for the other one you know that tension where it feels like someone's going to get glassed in a pub it was that but over magic the gathering whereas us Pokemon players were just like, ah, this is great fun. Look at these funny characters. Um, so that was my big weekend. No one gave me a scrap, though, as I invited them to last mm-hmm. week. Um, thank you for listening. 
to VGC a video game podcast and thank you for watching it on YouTube and um, that went down very well people were dying to see your uh, bulging guns Andy um got a lot of good feedback from from that I don't read the gut the uh, the comments mate <laughs> it's all just saying uh, it's a good, uh, good bit of advice there for, for, for me <laughs> But that's where the fun comes. You read the comments, pick a fight, ruin your night. That's the that's the saying. That's every single night. Just try and make a massive argument out of nothing on X. Um, you can uh, follow VGC on Twitter, VGC underscore news. You can follow Andy on Twitter slash X at Andy Platonic, Chris at Chris underscore Dring, me at Jordan Midler. Um, I don't know if you are keeping up with Blue Sky. I can't remember my password, so I am not on it, but you can find us on <laughs> there too. Waited a month for an invite, signed up immediately, forgot my password. Thank you for watching. Thank you to Grant Kirkhope for the VGC podcast team. Say goodbye, Chris. Goodbye. Say goodbye, Andy. See ya. And we'll see you next time. VGC, a video games podcast, is a stack production and part of the ACAST Creator Network. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.